This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Here is Louis Budko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy. The Enemy this week, a very familiar opponent, that being the Montreal Alouettes. Of course, this game means a little bit more, and I may have gotten in just a little bit of trouble uh, when I referred to this last game as meaningless. But in my defense, my guest Sean Campbell of TSN 690 called it meaningless as well. Uh, But Sean, that was... Probably wasn't what I was expecting for the Ticats. I figure as an Alouettes fans, they were probably encouraged that that team showed up even in a game like that. Yeah, no, I enjoyed the game last week. I know for a while it went back and forth and they were exchanging punts, and I don't think the Owls really cared that much. And I think that even the uh, the field goal that uh, David Cote the 50-yarder that he kicked in the wind, I think that was more even for the kick coverage team. Uh, Byron Archambault said, hey, uh, kick coverage team, you screwed up the first chance. See, here you get another chance at this. And I think he knew that it was going to be hard into the wind for Cote to hit that. So I think that they were trying a couple things, the Alouettes, but offensively they kept it really basic. Uh, But in the end, we got a game that, you know, had a little bit of drama heading into the fourth quarter. So I enjoyed it uh, being uh, there, but uh, I think a little bit more animosity this week between the Ticats and the Owls. How many times have you had to explain the onside punt rule in the last uh, month and a half? No, you know what's awesome is the first time that Jeshwan Antwi did that, and uh, where were we? Was it Calgary? I, we were on the road. Um, and and at first thing I'm like, oh, he fumbled the ball. He dropped it and he just recovered. That was a weird play. And Marco, uh, who I work with, I mean, he was all over because he, he knows these rules. He's like, no, he he punted that. I think that's a first down and and, and it really close. So this time when Cole Speaker did, I was all over it. So uh, I, I think that, you know, they've let the cat out of the bag a little bit with that trick play. And uh, it's really effective. I think the CFL is going to take notice. I think defenses are going to take notice. And and what that does, though, it, it will really force some of the DBs not to play on second and 18, 10, 12 yards back. They'll have to come a little bit closer, meaning those 18, 20-yard passes might be a little bit more open. So it is kind of a long con if you think about the way that it's set up. But the fact that you could punt on second down and get a first down just by kicking it one yard and being on one side, you have to be very aware. Cole Speaker did a really good job. And uh, apparently Jason Moss has had this in his repertoire for about six, seven years, and he just hasn't been able to use it and they've been able to use it twice this year it's i'm all over it now i i I learn something new about the cfl every year i I mean will we see it again this week i mean is that something in your bag of trips again it's it's just interesting to see uh, if you see it again it's the it's the tie cats fault yeah it's i can see jeff reinbold totally uh you know trying to use their their own move against them so yeah definitely wouldn't be surprising what's the buzz like in the city around this team you know we we i think we've talked before about you know when the montreal alouettes are good you know, it's the best show in town, right? The building is packed. What, what, what's the buzz heading into Saturday? I, I'll, I'll tell you straight up. I'm, I'm not quite sure, right? It's, it's a good time to have this playoff game because the, uh, the Canadians are out on the road. They're playing West Coast games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's early in the season. And, uh, and I'll tell you, I, I cover, uh, you know, I, I called a couple CF Montreal games this year. I'm uh, play-by-play for the Laval Rocket in AHL hockey. I, I do pre- and post-game for the Montreal Canadiens. So I got a good vibe of each and every team. With the Owls, I know that people care if they win. And I think that, you know, I can't wait to see what that vibe's going to be. I'm planning to go early out to the mountain and 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 check out the tailgate to see what the fans are like, what the attendance is going to be like. I, I I think I'll be better able to answer that after the game. 
uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a good vibe around this team. I know that the Owls fans that are there week in and week out, they're passionate and they are excited about this team and what they potentially can do in the playoffs. But as, as those external fans try and come back into the fold, that's a little bit of a longer play for this group. And with all the turmoil around ownership and, and, and the change of last season, you can't really do it in one calendar year. What they're going to do is by winning this week, winning next week, getting to a Grey Cup, maybe winning, maybe not. I, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but that, that, would make sure that your tickets, uh, your season ticket sales go up. So there's a good vibe around the team, 100%. Is it as deep as it used to be? I, I don't think it's there yet, but if they're going in the direction that they have over the last two, few years, I could see them getting there. Well, and I think it's something we talked about last week with, you know, is this a successful season? You know, if, if you lose in the East semifinal at home, you're going to say no, but Cody Fajardo, you know, a new face, a new guy in, in, in Moss, like, they seem like they exceeded expectations going into this year, but that being said, losing to Hamilton on Saturday could really put a, an asterisk on this season. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 for success, it has to be a win. You could you could lose to Toronto and still call the season a success. The team won't, but I mean, uh, members of the media, outsiders, observers say, "Hey, man, good good job by the Owls. Good, you know, better record. They put up a fight." And but if they lose to the Ticats, a team that they beat three times in the regular season, a team that uh, still has questions around the quarterback position, a team that is going through their own transitional phase, uh, I, I would say that no, they want to make sure that they get past what they did last year. Last year, they got to the East Final. This year, they want to get to the East Final and win the East Final. It's about that next step, and you want to show that growth. And I think they've shown enough growth. But I think uh, the win this weekend, there's, there's a lot of pressure for this this organization to win. Well, I was reading uh, you know, what Danny Machocha had to say uh, to the Montreal Gazette, saying, you know, I, I don't know who this team is yet, <laughs> really. Like, it, you know, was watching them. Is this a successful season? Like, are you in the sense that you've watched a lot of CFL football? I mean, are the Argos, because I've talked to a lot of people, who just resign themselves to the fact that even if we do get Montreal, you know, even if we do get past Montreal, the Argos are just that good. You've watched a lot of football. Are the Argos that good? And I know we're talking about this game, but, I mean, are the Argos just that good? I'll, I'll tell you right now, if the Owls or Ticats get to the East Final, I, I kind of like either one of those teams. Really? Um, I, I, I do. The Argos haven't played competitive football. Then that's a hard thing to do, to go through six exhibition games down the stretch and try and, you know, you could get yourself mentally geared up, but you're not physically geared up. There's a reason why there's only one or two preseason games. Uh, Toronto is, is very, very good. That's a very good team. But the Alouettes played them tough twice. And one time where they didn't play them tough, they, they were just decimated by injuries on the, on, the, on the back end on defense. And I think that a, a healthy Alouettes defense can take care of a team like the Argos. Last time they faced, A.J. Olette couldn't do anything uh, on the ground, and he has been their force. Uh, Chad Kelly's been solid, but he hasn't you know, been throwing five touchdown passes a game. So I, I think they are beatable. You, you have to be on. You can't be off. If it's the Ticats or the Owls, that you can't have a, a game that you're hitting at 80-85%. You have to be in a game that you're at 100%. And anybody that's playing 100% against the Argos and they're not at 100%, you can definitely take advantage. So I think that there's a window there for one of these two East opponents against the Argos. Yes, we're looking ahead to that. But yeah. um, I don't like the way that the season's set up for the Argos at all. 
Yeah, and, and you know we, we always sometimes talk about the uh, the ex, you know the the bye week in between and just kind of mm-hmm. the motivation of what you can do. The Argos feel like they've been on a bye week for for quite some time, uh, but you know should should make for an interesting interesting couple of weeks for sure in the CFL playoffs. Uh, let's talk about the Montreal defense. What will be the key for them? We've heard a little bit. I saw Kenzie Lalonde talking to, to some of the players saying, you know, it's tough to prepare for, for two different quarterbacks. You know, how are the Ticats going to use Matthew Schultz and Bo Levi? I get the sense that Matthew Schultz is going to be a little motivated going back into Montreal for a playoff game. But w- what about this Montreal defense are you expecting to see come come Saturday? Yeah, and, and I, I've always liked Matthew Schultz. I really have. And I'll tell you this, if after watching last week and watching down the stretch, and I'm not, you know, talking to Hamilton. I'm just an outside observer from Montreal. I, I, I said, out of all the quarterbacks that I've seen Hamilton play this year, Matthew Schultz should start in the in the playoff game. That's me, outside observer. Uh, I believe I Mitchell. Just it's it just a tough season, you know, hampered by injuries. Trying to get your groove. We know the pedigree. We know the history. But I don't think he's the quarterback that he used to be. And I think that's tough with all the money that he's getting paid. That he's going to have limit. Maybe he'll get in there. But to me, Schultz, you got to make sure you keep him in the pocket. Make him throw. Yeah. Uh, he is a threat with his legs, and he has always had. It's 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 funny. There's always one big. 25 to 30 yard run against the owls that matthew shields have but the thing is even if you keep him in the pocket the owls will have to hit him because what happens with matthew shields is you hit him even if he gets the ball out and he makes that completion when he gets up he gets down the field it'll affect his next two plays and that's what happened a little bit in the pass against matthew shields is he gets hit he gets up he's got to get to the and then next thing you know you're in the huddle a little bit longer you're rushing the play uh he's getting the call and then it's three two one and it's like oh a timeout you have to waste or you're you get a penalty for five yards or he's just a little bit not disoriented but i noticed when the owls hit him he kind of slows up the same thing happened in montreal when he gets hit a lot it really disrupts his game and he likes to run but you got to keep him in the pocket when he throws you get that extra shot uh, you got to be careful for penalties of course i know that but uh rushes hurries are going to be very important on matthew schultz and making sure that he stays in that pocket well you mentioned uh you know hitting the quarterback i, I believe uh cody Fajardo knows a thing or two about uh that this past season how important will it be for him and that offensive line to, to really set a tone early, getting that ball out quick, getting the ball into Stanback's hands, because I, I get a sense that he's not going to have much time in the pocket looking at that Ticats D-line. No, no, and look, the offensive line was a problem in the first eight games of the season. They really cleaned that up in the back end, and, and they use a lot of plays where they bring in the extra linemen. Big question. The only major injury for the Alouettes is their nominee for most outstanding linemen, Pierre-Olivier Lestage, the, the, the beast in the middle there, he's out. He's not in, so he won't be playing. Philip Gagnon is going to be in it there at the uh, left tackle position. Sean Jamison gets in his first game of the season as a backup. He'll be the seventh offensive lineman. So to me, that's a that's a huge question mark. Not having Lestage, one of those guys that pulls, gets those holes for Will Standback on that offensive line. So that is a definite question mark uh, for the Owls. But they need to make sure that they protect Cody Fajardo. If not, you got to go with the quick throws, establish that run game, and that'll give Fajardo a little bit more time he is mobile but he's not like Matthew Schiltz mobile he can get out of the pocket a little bit but that's when things get a little bit hairy so yeah that is, that is going to be a big key but the Owls have been definitely better in the second half of the season protecting Cody Fajardo there's a stretch I was talking to him on uh, my show the Owls this week and he said there was a stretch of three games where he says I think I got hit twice and 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 that was part of their second win streak and and, yeah. and he was really proud of that with what the offensive line was able to do late in the season 
Yeah, going uh, going into the playoffs with a five-game winning streak. All, all five of those teams, I believe, have a losing record, though. So, you know, we'll take that with uh, what it is. But yeah, it, well, it's look, it's, it's, it's very simple. Yeah. Louis, it's very simple. The Owls beat everybody below them in the standings and didn't beat anybody ahead of them in standings. Their only losses this year came to BC, Winnipeg, and Toronto. That's yeah. it. They beat everybody else and lost. It's a, such a weird – they are the fourth best team yeah. in the CFL. It's very clear. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Sean, got to get you on the record here. The Alouettes will win this game and will go on to Toronto if – finish that sentence. They get two offensive touchdowns. I think That's if they it. get they two, I think they only really need two offensive touchdowns. Uh, you, you know, you get those drives that'll end in field goals. That's fine. Their kicking game's been a little questionable. Uh, I'm not saying that the defense is going to score points, but they've been getting special teams points. They've been getting defensive points. Nine touchdowns from the defense this year, uh, which is uh, absolutely outstanding. But uh, to me, the Owls will win this game if they get two offensive touchdowns. And we're talking about a team that has scored the second least amount of offensive touchdowns this season behind only the Ottawa Red Blacks. And we mentioned sacks. They've been sacked more times than any other team other than the Ottawa Red Blacks. It should make for an interesting game. Sean, uh, we'll be looking forward to your call. Of course, uh, we'll be listening here on the Ticats Audio Network. But have a great call on uh, Saturday. And thanks for doing this all season long. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Louis. My thanks to Sean Campbell for joining me on today's show of Speaking with the Enemy. And I am very hopeful that this is not the last show of this season or the last show I do on the Ticats Audio Network. But if that happens to be the case, you know what? We're not even going to go down that road. Uh, we will see you here maybe next weekend on a brand new episode of Speaking with the Enemy. If not, uh, you'll definitely see me around the uh, Great Cup Festival. I'll definitely be hanging out at all the spots. Uh, through the Ticats Audio Network and through CHCH as well. Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. Make sure you like and subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network so you never miss this show or any of the other great shows for you that we have for it, including Ticats Today with the uh, very talented Braden Neville. Uh, you can check all his week's worth of shows wherever you found this show here on the Ticats Audio Network. That'll do it for me. From all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network, I'm Louis Bucko. Hope you have a great weekend. Go Ticats, go. Go.